Hi, this is Jeff Koper, and we welcome you to what is intended to be part three of my conversation with John Frost about announcements coming to D23. Just as a little bit of context to uh, this podcast, we actually recorded um, over a week ago, but because of some technical difficulties, we had difficulty getting uh, this podcast up and uh, delivered until today. However, overnight, initial announcements came out from D23 that give us some detail about uh, things that are happening in the, uh, in the parks um, worldwide. Uh, first of all, there were new hotel details. We'll talk a little bit about this. We'll still have the, um, the recording with John and I because it's largely a focus on Uh, the studios, and Animal Kingdom, they haven't announced too many things. But as it relates to the resort, they showed some images of what the resort is supposed to look like if it were a spaceship, or in this case, a galactic um, star cruiser, and kind of adding to that mythology that you're really truly going to be up in space and part of the Star Wars experience there. So they actually have a model of this massive ship. They even compare it to the Millennium Falcon, so it looks um, huge uh, compared to the Millennium Falcon. And uh, so that's one of the things. The biggest biggest announcements come um, with revealing what is happening to what has been the future world of Epcot, particularly that spine down the center of Epcot. Uh, We talked just a, a little bit in part two about that. Um, There are a number of things happening. Um, The biggest of these is an attraction called Journey of Water, which is inspired by Moana. And uh, this first ever attraction is obviously based on the Walt Disney Animation Studios hit film. But it will be kind of a park-like area where you interact with magical living water in this kind of... um, breathtaking, um, lush landscape setting. Um, There is a big map that was released um, for uh, for Epcot, and it gives us a lot of clues as to things that are occurring. Um, We've listed uh, at least 12 of those things. We've noticed some kind of the changes going on to the tram area and so forth. Um, The big thing that we've noticed in looking at this aerial map is that it's very different than the map that was shown two years ago at D23 that suggested that there might be a a very large fountain area. That clearly has been moved off of the... um, off of the, uh, the plans for the park. There is no longer going to be the central... Uh, fountain area. Rather, there seems to be smaller clusters of fountains throughout the spine area as you go through. What there is, is there is going to be a fairly large um, uh, building with a, uh, what I would say is a garden roof on top. It's not appearing to be an enclosed building. Rather, I think this is what is intended to be the festival center where people can televise and there'll be a great image of Spaceship Earth in the back and 
And at the same time, there'll be um, stuff that you could do on the top of the roof there, and uh, it'll provide some views. We've got lots of photos of this and, and more, um, lots of different little fountains being put in and so forth. And you can check them out on our site. You'll see our link in the show notes page. There are also these wonderful posters that were created celebrating what is Epcot and what was the previous Epcot. In fact, even including uh, images of uh, Cranium Command and, and some older attractions like Horizons. But they also have some holes in those spaces for new things being presented on Sunday. And of course, we'll keep you up to date as we know more as well. There is also an image shown of uh, what is going to be called uh, the Epcot Experience. It's coming to the Odyssey Center. It's a um, an exhibit that will showcase everything coming to Epcot over the next couple of years and kind of have some interactive, engaging exhibits. You can kind of see for yourself what's happening. Then the other, probably the big thing that was announced is um, they have titled um, at Disneyland and then ultimately for Disneyland Paris, what is the Avengers attraction coming? Remember I said that they really don't want to use the word Marvel. They're using the phrase Avengers Campus, a place where you can train new and upcoming Avengers to be part of the experience. And uh, we have a big, uh, a couple of graphics uh, that we can show you of that, and that's very cool. Also, we'll, uh, they talk about some other uh, attractions coming already um, and have some images. We have an image of the um, ride vehicle for uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, um, a graphic for the Ratatouille attraction in Shanghai. But anyway, again, you'll want to refer to our show notes, but we didn't want to leave off uh, the interview and the final third part that uh, John and I have. And honestly, some of the things we talk about are still very possible things that could be announced or it might be announced come uh, Sunday when they do their major presentation at D23. So hang loose with us and stay tuned as we uh, we complete this uh, podcast. What what do you we we've got a big a big beast coming in the way of Galaxy's Edge. And Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway after that. Uh, what else? Well, I know Disney decided they're not going to change the name of Disney's Hollywood Studios, but they've definitely changed the theme. You know, they've been transitioning from the um, how, how movies are made theme to the we put you in the movie theme. Uh, I think there's a lot more that can be done with Disney's Hollywood Studios to finish that transition. Uh, do a little placemaking, get rid of some of those buildings that basically look like sound stages and convert them into uh, facades and uh, add some more stores and shopping and, and whatnot along those areas. You know, it may seem uh, a little blue sky, but something that, you know, Hollywood Studios used to have, they used to do parades. Uh, I think, you know, the way they did the parades before it wasn't really well, but maybe if they do this placemaking idea, they could build in a performance corridor that would allow them once again to, to do parades in Disney's Hollywood studios and, you know, give that little midday break that uh, isn't available uh, in that park right now. You know, I think uh, if they made one of those areas um, 
something related to the, you know, uh, retro uh, Hollywood idea. They could incorporate some of those uh, IP they bought, acquired when they bought Fox and kind of make it uh, kind of a little movie land uh, where you experience some of the best Fox properties and they slowly get integrated into the, the Disney theme park mindset. So that would be a good way to kind of start merging the two together. That is a very clever idea. I like that. I like that. I think that would really make studios uh, a, a little more of a, a differentiator from everything everything else. So, so to that effect, <clears throat> let me just say that one of the things that I think is working for the studios is more immersive land settings like Toy Story, like Galaxy's Edge, even Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset Boulevard are immersive, wonderful settings. What is not working is this, um, is this, uh, these alleys, and I, that's the best term I could call them, alleys, where we are throwing in things like The Incredibles or Lightning McQueen, which actually isn't a bad attraction. It's one of the best animatronics out there is this Lightning McQueen character. It's kind of, it's kind of a hidden gem in some way. Now if they actually had a show that was worth it. Um, but uh, it needs more immersive lands. And I think that whole space between Rock and Roller Coaster all the way down to Toy Story Land, behind the arch, all that needs to be completely reinvented. And there could be two lands, maybe even three really immersive neighborhoods. Uh, I don't mind Incredibles, maybe an Incredibles coaster out of Rock and Roller Coaster and, and that at Municiburg, but really done well. Big Hero 6, I think, is a missing gem, which honestly could also have gone back to Tomorrowland, um, like Wally is also another possibility that hasn't really ever been explored. Please don't give me another Toy Story moment because uh, I don't need any more of those. Uh, why not a Toontown? You know, I'd be okay with that. You know, especially if there's an attraction. I, I, I'd i really love to see something with Roger Rabbit. I don't hold my... Uh, I, I think that an area like um, where the Muppets are um, and this may be based on my frustration that I think that one of the worst decisions ever made was to take out the Great Movie Ride. Um, so at least pay homage to the Great Movie Ride by doing that Great Muppet Ride <laughs> attraction that was talked about for so many decades. But make, but do something in that corner of the park that really celebrates Muppets. Um and and keeps that franchise a lot, which I think is a uh, is not taken advantage enough of, is that franchise. But to create better, more immersive neighborhoods or lands by which we experience all these attractions. Yeah, you know, as soon as the Disney Studios figures out what they want to do with the Muppet brand, uh, they they could be doing more for sure. But you know, in the meantime, I think one small thing they could do that really answers a need that Disney's Hollywood Studios has is to uh, put a Muppet-themed spinner uh, in the in the Grand Avenue courtyard, the former Muppet courtyard, you know, right where that Miss Piggy fountain is right now, the fountain that used to kind of, you know, have a lot more kinetics, a lot more stuff built in around it. They've taken a lot of that out. It's They kind of denuded it 
uh, took away some of the humor. So let's just get rid of that. Let's put him up. It's been, or maybe theme it to uh, animal, the giant animal from the first movie where it rises out of the, out of the building. Uh, I think that would be, that would be really cool. And um, it would definitely ah. fit a niche, an attraction niche that uh, Hollywood studios doesn't have right now. Something that's appropriate for uh, kids of all heights, all accessibility, but also family friendly and fun. Love anything that would involve kinetics and love anything that involves a ride vehicle. Um, a Nightmare Before Christmas is another um, thing that really is celebrated in so many ways. A little dark ride based on that attraction would be so popular. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Anything that builds more ride rides. Just there is a need for more rides in that entire park. Um, so uh, anything else in the studios? So we should mention that the elephant in the room is that just hours ago, Al, Al uh, Lutz on, on my sage uh, came forward to say that there should have been this um, sea ticket type attraction where you rode. What is the name of the animal in Star Wars? Um, Bantha. Yeah, Bantha. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars nerd. Yeah. Uh, there should have been this Bantha attraction announced and so forth. What do you see for Star Wars Land? Are you are you good to go with what you're seeing or what are your what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I have not been into Galaxy's Edge either on the West Coast or here in Hollywood Studios, but I'm really excited about it. Uh I think, uh, you know, I'm waiting to kind of review the whole land as a whole when the new attractions op opens up on December 25th, 5th, sorry, December 5th, but I'm really looking forward uh, to getting there and seeing it. I think I'll get a chance to go in on the media preview days next week and, um, you know, uh, just to be immersed, to get a chance to interact in the Star Wars in the Star Wars world, um, I think they were smart to put it on another planet, not part of some some backstory. This way, you can tell your own stories, and they can, uh, you know, add the storylines that has to do with any future movies or TV shows that are made. So maybe the the Mandalorian could show up at some point in the future. Um, I know they've they've built uh, they've left especially out here. Um, a plot of land for expansion. There's uh, in California, Disneyland and Hollywood studios, there's already an expansion plot for a restaurant um, that would be kind of attached behind where Uga's Cantina sits now. But there's even, even beyond that, there's room for a third attraction. So, you know, whatever movies are made in, in the future, um, they could tie those characters into the Black Spire outpost slash Batu storyline uh, and make that all work. Um, I think Rise of the Resistance is going to be the is going to be the real winner here. Um, you know, it's going to be a multifaceted attraction where guests are moving in and about on different different basically attraction vehicles. Uh, the storyline will be a little different every time, um, and uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be worth the wait worth the wait to see that. So I'm fair I'm excited. Enough, fair enough. Um, Anything else you want to do with the studios? I have just one more thing, and, and yeah, one more one one thing yeah, I'd please. like to see that uh, you know it's it gets so hot here in Central Florida that I think they could do uh, 
um, their fans a service by enclosing the theater of the stars and uh, giving some air conditioning and allow some, uh, you know, more backdrops to be used in there and convert. Uh, it's, you know, it's essentially, it's still a temporary theater. The backstage facilities are in these temporary trailers. Um, so... <laughs> Just because it's a trailer, John, doesn't make it temporary. <laughs> well, you can see them as you're walking or right back backstage, either coming back from Fantasmic or taking that little shortcut back there. So, yeah, I wish I wish they would uh, would upgrade those facilities, uh, maybe, you know, uh, make it capable of handling two shows simultaneously. So they could do something in the morning and something in the afternoon and really take advantage of that of that prime real estate there with theater of the stars. Well, let me take my final idea and say that go next door to say, I I think a revised phantasmic is, is in order. Um, yeah, well, you know what? And I, and I don't beat up our phantasmic. I find the people who have never seen Disneyland's version love phantasmic at the studios. And I also, love the fact that you can get a seat at phantasmic because i am i am beat at the end of the day at disneyland and have no interest in standing for two hours uh next i mean jam next to people so i love that aspect i think we have a better infrastructure i think the mountain gives a lot more opportunity to projection technology um and i think we have a we have a better canvas for doing a better show. It just now we need a better show. Well, what do I have to say about well, well, Disney World's fantastic. Um, you know, I I'm not really happy with the look of that mountain. I think um, if they redid fantastic, that would be the first thing I would change. I would make it something better suited for uh, the digital projection technology that we have today, and something that doesn't look like a, a steaming pile of brown. You know what? sitting on a stage before the show starts, which is exactly what it looks like. Um, I don't know if you've seen the Fantasmic at Tokyo Disney Sea, but you know, they've got a pretty cool uh, technology built into that, to that show there. I, I'm not sure that would play well out here in Florida, but, but something, something that, um, you know, they can do digital projections on and a few more special effects. So, uh, you know, if they wanted to get rid of Pocahontas for, for a, another show that that that's just kind of like this really long, slow section of the show, they could get rid of that um, and replace it with maybe a Wreck-It Ralph section that uses that digital projection. So, I know there's a lot they could do there with with Fantasmic, and frankly, that's a whole another section of the park that sits basically unoccupied for eighty percent of the park operating hours. Um, I would love for them to. Uh, come up with an idea for that area that makes it useful during the day as well. So let's get creative out there in Glendale and figure <laughs> out. Okay. Speaking of piles of brown, let's move to Disney's animal kingdom. <laughs> yeah. Take, take me, take me to where you think you'd like to see some, some additions, some change to Disney's animal kingdom. Uh, Disney's animal kingdom. Uh, you know, I think, you know, there has been some talk that they were going to finally add another land yeah. kind of behind where Expedition Everest is now and and Asia is. 
there's definitely a plot of land there that's perfectly suited for um, a new themed area. I My understanding is that originally was going to be Australia with kind of a um, underwater themed area. They already kind of, they already have some um, kangaroos. They could bring over wallabies and koalas and do the little kind of land area. But mostly I'd be interested in the creatures of the sea um, that you that you only see in the in the South Pacific and out there by Australia. So there's there's definitely an opportunity for that. Uh, the other idea they had for the area that, of course, they're not going to do now is they had actually built a whole model for Oz um, with the Emerald City that would have sat right there in Disney's Animal Kingdom had that uh, reboot of the Wizard of Oz franchise actually been successful so i guess we can maybe be thankful that that movie tanked at the box office otherwise we'd have a giant gleaming green castle sitting in disney's animal kingdom right now um i've always had mixed feelings i i just don't think uh animals is where i don't think they're going to add much more in terms of animal habitats although if they did i would have loved something with a northwest flavor with bears moose you know, something of that nature. Um, the other thing they talked about maybe bringing is Zootopia, which, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure would fit in with the nature theme of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, I mean, I guess those are animals. They're just what anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic animals. I like the Zootopia idea. I agree with you. I feel like... Uh, the version for Shanghai seems more like a shell than than a real um, involved experience. But with imaginary animals, I kind of see that working. Um, if you can, if you can put the Navi in <laughs> Animal Kingdom, then by all means, you can put a zebra that's it's got a, that's wearing a hat and a rabbit that's wearing a, <laughs> a badge. Um, so I I don't have a problem with the Zootopia. I, here's Here's what I would hope with Zootopia. If I had a wish, one wish for Disney's Animal Kingdom, it would it would be in it would involve air conditioning. <laughs> and I could see a total Zootopia interior thing that is air conditioned. I don't Imagineers must their number one rule for Imagineers is they should be designing their attractions while sitting outside in the middle of summer in Florida. Because they clearly, that's the last thing they want to spend their money on their budget on, is on on having to uh, buy air conditioning. And, uh, and yet we sweat that thing through. I don't even like Animal Kingdom, you know, six months out of the year. It's just too overwhelming. It's too sweltering. So anything that's going to give me more air conditioning, bring it on. If you can figure out how to do it with Australia, bring it on. You know, go give me the Sydney Opera House. Bring it on. <laughs> give me something to, to to get air conditioned with. Yeah, it's just a little too fursuit in the city for me. And the Shanghai idea just doesn't really have enough there there for Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is right now this kind of beautifully realized area between Asia, Africa and Pandora. Um, very immersive lands. I just don't see them achieving that on the same scale with a with a, a cartoon-based world like like Zootopia and creatures that are 
as small as a mole rat and as large as an elephant. It's just I can't see them doing it. Uh, what else? Moana might be another possibility too, by the way, on themes. Yeah, Moana might be a possibility, although um, I think she might do better in Adventureland or maybe uh, if they brought more of Disney characters into the resorts, she might have find her own home at uh, the Polynesian Village on a permanent basis. Um, but, but yeah, no, I like the idea of uh, South Pacific and water and kind of going into this indoor space that Imaginary has created that ties into Australia and the water and all those animals. I mean, I'd love to see what Disney could do with uh, a proper budget for an aquarium. So uh, there's some really good aquariums out there, but nothing yeah. that's quite Disney-fied. So uh, yeah, I think that would be good for, for Animal Kingdom. I would agree. Now, that said, um, if I really was to put the money somewhere, I would be leveling half of uh, Dino Land and half no i i think i would keep i would keep the older portion of dinoland i like the playground i restaurantosaurus i have mixed feelings about i think restaurantosaurus if 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 they could just figure out how to cook food i think it'd be fine and the dinosaur ride i just think it needs to be improved on and if you know the the rumor was something of an indie layover uh or makeover i'm i think an archaeologist could find dinosaurs i i'm i'm seeing that so i'm okay if that gives me an excuse to get rid of of this south of the border town that is <laughs> South of the border for our listeners is a place in uh, the Carolinas. You pass on 95 on the way to Disney World. And I, I swear they took the colors from south of the border to create um, that whole uh, carnival section of, of Dinoland. And I, I, I hate that section. No, I would bring in the bulldozers, level it, and start over. Um, you know, I might keep Dinosaur, the attraction... Um, but everything else, I think, uh, needs to go. I was really hoping some of the Universe of Energy dinos would would make their way over there. Now, what I heard is that those are gone and that they were such older models of animatronic that there was no way in Earth or Heaven they were going to put those in there. So I'm disappointed by that because I think kids do love dinosaurs. I think they want to just see a big dinosaur. And I think that's a miss. Yeah, Chester's and Hester's is what happens when you run out of ideas and money. So I'm surprised it has stuck around this long. Um, and uh, yes, there's so much more that, that Disney could do with, with dinosaurs. I mean, you look at the park down the street and they're doing crazy things with their Jurassic World attractions and there, there's no reason that Disney can't do their own dinosaur-themed land uh, bigger and better than that. Yeah. Don't let Universal own dinosaurs. Do not let Universal own dinosaurs. And they're doing a better job of that than, than Disney is. So what else? What else to Disney's Animal Kingdom? Yeah, so one small change I'd like to see for Disney's Animal Kingdom is uh, 
maybe a little more, a few more food options, uh, especially indoor seating food options. Uh, I think one of the, my favorite things about the, the new construction at Disneyland Animal Kingdom is uh, Nomad's Lounge, which is attached to Tiffin's. But I think Tiffin's has kind of been, for me, a disappointment. I've never been able, frankly, to afford dine there. I think the price point is just a little high for that area. And, um, you know, I know people love fine dining at that sort of level, but they, they could keep that at the hotels and keep theme park food a little more theme parky. I'm not saying you can't do creative stuff like they're doing at Satouli Cantina. That's a, you know, that food is fantastic. Um, and I'm definitely willing to pay more for sit down food in a theme park, but Tiffin's just, uh, needs to, needs to have a little adjustment just to fit in better in Disney's, in Disney's animal kingdom. What else in the animal kingdom? Well, lastly, you know, I, I know that they had talked about putting a, another animal walking path in, in place of the, uh, the Oldsmobile truck trains that currently ferry people back to Conservation Station. I think they might as well just make that into a a walking path, especially if they're going to build in Australia next door to Asia. They could connect them all around in the back there. And, uh, you know, it would just, I think, get the foot traffic back to Conservation Station more. They could do a little more with that part of the park and expose a little more of the uh, the conservation that they do and the animal care that they do um, kind of in that, in that land, that walkable pathway. All right. Walt Disney world resort in general, go for it. Well, one of the things that I know Imagineering has been working on, and I believe they have the technology pretty much ready is augmented reality, both for in the parks and outside the parks. Um, So not, not the sort of uh, VR goggle wearing, vision that I have in my, my dispatches from Disneyland book, but you know, just where you hold your phone up and you can kind of look and your phone kind of, as you pan around, it's, you might look at magic kingdom and see what Tomorrowland look in 1971, or you might be at the Polynesian and maybe, you know, it would be rethemed to a Lilo and stitch theme or a Moana theme. And it's kind of done through augmented reality on your phone. And yeah, maybe they, maybe they could do a light, a light goggles version too, but um, you know, there's definitely some potential there to, to take kind of the resort experience and the theme park experience to the next level using augmented reality uh, drones that deliver to where you're sitting at the, at, at the beach and all those sorts of, all those sorts of ideas. Um, I think uh, one of the things I'd love to see is for Disney to expand uh, the Disney Skyliner so, uh, you know, it's going to be opening here next month. Um, this is something that I've been at thinking Disney should do since 2013, January 2013, when I first wrote a bit on the blog. So um, I like that that this idea is finally coming to reality. It's cost effective. It's much cheaper to build than any other form of transportation, uh, whether you're talking uh, laying down roads or or. Um, train tracks for light rail or monorail beams and monorails. Um, the Skyliner can get you from here to there cheaper and faster than, than pretty much all of those. Um, so I think there's some additional potential there. You could obviously an easy low hanging fruit is from Disney's animal kingdom Lodge, to Disney's animal kingdom. And then if you're doing that, you might as well continue on to Coronado Springs and art of, Anim- uh, I'm sorry. And the all-star resorts. And then if you've gone to the Elster Resorts, now you might as well go on 
to um, ESPN Wide World of Sports, and now you've connected kind of a little a little line there that's that has a lot of uh, a lot of people stay at All Star Resorts, and then they 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 uh, have their games at ESPN Wide World of Sports, and it would provide transportation back to Disney's Animal Kingdom and maybe to another sort of transportation hub. Um, I think there's an opportunity for gondolas to be used over by the Magic Kingdom resorts. Particularly, I'd love to see uh, as an alternative transportation system from the TTC parking lot directly to the main entrance of Magic Kingdom, skipping the monorail, bus, and or um, ferry boat transportation. So if you park and you already have your ticket, you can just uh, walk right on to the walk right on to the gondola, which will be centrally located in the parking lot uh, and not have to worry about uh, that tram ride and then the monorail ride and, you know, cut 45 minutes out of your arrival time to the Magic Kingdom. Uh, I think that's that's people's biggest complaint right now is it takes so long to get to the Magic Kingdom from when you park your car. So solve that problem. Put the gondola station right in the middle of the parking lot. Boom, you have your tickets boom, you're there already. Um, obviously, there's room for, for another hotel around the Magic Kingdom, around the Seven Seas Lagoon. Um, there's at least one hotel pad there, and of course, they could always build another hotel pad if they want. What what I would love to do in that area is kind of build a another boardwalk-type area. Um, I think there's room for more restaurants, uh, maybe another pub uh, slash grill slash microbrewery an ESPN uh, sports bar type environment and just you know some nightlife um, and build it in such a way where at like a boardwalk the hotel is above the, the shopping and dining area but it also provides view of the fireworks so it's an incentive for people maybe to uh, leave the leave Magic Kingdom or leave Epcot a little early and go out and have a nice body dinner and still see the fireworks um, from this Boardwalk 2 area I don't know whatever the heck we'd call it but we'd obviously ca- not call it Boardwalk <laughs> so so uh yeah, so transportation um, and uh, more another hotel around around that area is I think would be a, a good place to start. Uh, what what ideas do you have? I, I would like to see a gondola line that runs from the front of Epcot out to Disney Springs, with connections to to um, to uh, uh, all of that Saratoga to um, to the Riverside Resorts to the um, uh, Key West. It just seems like a huge opportunity there. Uh, I love anything that keeps me from having to get on a tram at the M- Magic Kingdom parking lot because I tell you that is just that is so nightmarish. Um, speaking of the Magic Kingdom area, would love to see, and I think I've heard this rumored, uh, a new electrical water pageant. Um, that is a charming little piece, and I'd love to see it here. At, for another 50 years so that was one of the pieces i thought i'd like to see um and the other thing i had and i don't know if you had anything for disney springs but i think i i think the more entertainment options you have at disney springs i'd, I'd love to see i'd love to see cirque du soleil come back i know they promised a show you know a couple of years ago but uh 
but it's been really quiet on the Western Front there. Um, but I would love to, um, I would love to see uh, a miniature golf course put into Disney Springs as another entertainment option. Maybe something uh, themed to Pixar, Inside Out, or something like that. You know, something that's just really kind of different and fun, and and gives you another option of things to do at Disney Springs. Yeah, I like the idea of mini golf. That's definitely a product mix that's missing from Disney Springs. Um, I know they're working on the Cirque du Soleil uh, building where they're going to be putting a show with Disney character um, intellectual property. Uh, they have construction going on right now where they're, it looks like they're removing some of the seats and maybe redoing the lobby area of the theater there. So we'll see what's happening. But my understanding is they're on track for an opening uh, early next year. So um, so we'll see we'll see what happens. Um one thing I think that is missing from the from the Disney Springs product mix is a is a jazz club. So um, a place where that you know maybe serves uh, a regular meal with a sound with you know with a BGM during the day, but at night becomes more of an adults only location where uh, there's a trio jazz trio. You know you might have different themed nights going on there, but um, you know just a. a a cool place to chill and listen to live music that, you know, um, seems like that would be an opportunity for Edison. I, 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 there's a lot that I like about Edison, but it doesn't seem to have quite nailed its niche. And it seems like that would be a great add on to, to the Edison. Yeah. The, you know, the Edison does have live music and I, you know, I could see that working if, if they went that direction, um, doesn't really have the, the intimate feeling that I'd like to have from a jazz club, but I could see that working. Um, one thing I would love, another thing I would love to see, and this is big budget. So obviously I have a, you know, Disney gave me a, a blank check here, but I would love to see a full Broadway style theater at Disney Springs. There's a perfect plot of land right next to the uh, Cirque du Soleil theater. And uh, you know, they've kind of already got valet and, and parking built in, built into that area. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Disney has Disney theatrical productions. You know, they've got, they got shows in New York. They have shows on the road. They have concepts that they're developing. You know, I think you could make, bring one of those road tour shows and kind of give them a, a break in, in central Florida when they went, maybe want a winter break or they just want to um, retool part of the show. They could take advantage of this space. And then the rest of the time they could be uh, workshopping shows there or, uh, you know, or just, you know, training cast to, to fit in in some of the traveling shows, kind of like uh, what Hamilton does, or just, uh, you know, I just have take advantage of that space for other, other style productions, musical productions, that um, sort of thing that, that you, that we could take more advantage of Disney Springs and the crowds that are attracted to Disney Springs and, and give them something to do. Uh, both during the day and at night, um, you know, yes, Disney has the, the Walt Disney theater in downtown Orlando, but, uh, you know, kind of something that's, that's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more permanent, but not exactly permanent, you know, maybe get two, three or four shows a year into that space. That is brilliant. You know, uh, at Shanghai Disney, they, they built a ma- a major Broadway style theater in Disney town. 
and it's it's a real miss because the locals aren't really coming to Disney Town at night, and there aren't enough tourists to kind of fill that space. So it's uh, they they've tried a different show. They went from Lion King to Beauty and the Beast, but I can tell you there are people who are going to buy a ticket here, and they're going to come see come see a show, and uh, that would be that would be a huge opportunity. Very cool. I'd also like to mention the water parks. I think that the spirit of continually adding on in the parks is completely missed in the water parks. I think Volcano Bay um, and uh, has some misses to it, but I think it has created some better experiences that, that uh, I think Typhoon and Blizzard are kind of missing. And I think there needs to be some refreshing um, in those water parks. I was terribly disappointed. Another one of those really, really, really bad decisions when they took out the snorkeling feature at Typhoon. Um, and while I love the family raft ride they put in, that's not a replacement for uh, what they took out. And I just think, and, and their children's play area, there's just a lot of opportunity to really revisit those parks. Um, some of the older slides, the original slides of Typhoon are, are cement based. They need to be completely overhauled and, and just something newer and funner put in their, in their place. So I think that's an opportunity to, yeah, you know, um, at Blizzard beach, uh, I think one of the problems they run into there is, um, they really, there's really only one expansion pad available. And then the other thing is that kind of the theme they chose makes it very difficult to expand and very costly to do serious remodeling there. So I actually don't expect them to do can do much with Blizzard Beach. I think most of the attention will be on Typhoon Lagoon. Um, just pivoting away from water parks for a second, I, I'd love to see more stuff at ESPN Wide World of Sports. Uh, it's what I call Disney's unofficial fifth gate. There's thousands of people there on any given week or weekend, you know, living out their sports dreams. I think if Disney could build something that would attract regular guests, not just, um, you know, tournament athletes there and give them the ESPN experience, you know, what it's like to be a star or maybe host a show or, or just play a sport that, that, um, you know, that is accessible to, to non, uh, non super athletes. Maybe, maybe we're talking bowling or, or, uh, some other indoor sport, uh, but, but yeah, I'd like to see something in ESPN wide world of sports. Uh, and then, uh, and then I think one, one, another product mix that, that Disney world is missing right now is a boutique hotel. And, uh, when I'm talking boutique, I mean like really super boutique, like, you know, individual villas with each with their own pool and maybe butler service so this is something that i'm never going to be able to afford it to stay at and you probably don't be able to afford to stay at but there is a a level of guest that wants to come and experience walt disney world and wants to have a place where maybe they can bring those you know bring their family and and just have a place away from the crowds where they can have their own pool have their own food and and get that expert you know get that sort of uh uh, ultimate vacation experience. I know there's a plot of land over kind of behind the Grand Floridian that's that Disney has been thinking for a space like for a, a boutique hotel like that. But what I'd also like to see is a boutique water park kind of along the lines of Discovery Cove 
you know, maybe where there's three or four separate water-based attractions. So maybe it's a snorkeling, a, a, a lazy river or a crazy river. Uh, there's some sort of um, undersea undersea experience that you can't get in any, at any other park. And, um, and, you know, some other animal, animal type experience. So attach that to the boutique hotel, uh, you know, sell some additional tickets to the boutique water park. And uh, again, you know, put it at a price point where it's sustainable. It's all inclusive. You don't have to worry about leaving that park one day, but it's another way. It's just a way to add another day to the Disney vacation without building a whole fifth gate, which by the way, I don't see Disney ever uh, building a fifth gate, um, even though I think they definitely uh, have capacity needs. As you can tell, a lot of these things that my ideas were things that add a lot of capacity to the theme parks. Um, I think, you know, Disney has definitely been underbuilding in terms of demand. And uh, because of that, they've had to raise their prices very, very high to limit the to limit the number of guests who are coming. And I think that's going to bite them in the end where they'll price themselves basically out of the, the uh, middle-class market, even some of the upper middle-class market. And then when they need those people, when the economy takes a downturn or when, uh, you know, traveling to Walt Disney world falls out of favor with the, uh, 5%, five percenters, um, you know, the, the middle class will have moved on to other places. So, um, I just, you know, I think Disney can solve for that by freezing prices where they are now and adding a whole lot more capacity to their theme parks, their existing theme parks, uh, without the expense of uh, a whole new infrastructure and backstage for a fifth gate. Uh, that is a great idea. I think that that is a huge opportunity. Um, to do something very different and very unique. And I think the boutique hotel possibility, that's a great uh, future uh, to go in uh, with the hotels. And I think that's that's one concept that would play out really, really well. Hey, uh, John, I want to congratulate you for helping me create the longest podcast ever on this network. <laughs> As we chop this into six individual episodes. <laughs> no, seriously, this has been a great dialogue. It'll be fun to hear what the real announcements are. Um, but clearly, clearly, whatever those announcements are, we have the much, uh, we have far better ideas. <laughs> what they're and to. of course, an unlimited budget for all these ideas. Uh, great ideas, by the way. I love your ideas. Hey, why not? Why not? No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, and the Disney blog, uh, it is the Disney blog you need to go to. So um, so definitely check it out. And uh, anything anything you want to share before we, uh, we bid adieu? Well, thank you, Jeff, so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm sorry this took so long, but I hope people find it interesting. Uh, our blue sky ideas for uh, Walt Disney World and Disneyland. Um, it's a real honor to be on your Disney at Work podcast. I've uh, admired your your blog and your writing for so long. Um, it's it's uh, great to be here. Uh, uh, thanks.
Well, this concludes our three-part podcast. We're so looking forward to announcements at D23 and especially for those new things coming to both Walt Disney World and Disneyland and across uh, the Disney globe. I can't help but express my appreciation for John Frost with thedisneyblog.com for joining me and, and sharing his thoughts and insights. It was a lot of fun. Uh, please check out our podcast, all of them, many of which are not just Disney at Play podcast, but Disney at Work uh, opportunities where we make connections back to your own organization or to your own life. Know that we not only provide a show notes page for each podcast, but you'll find links to other posts we have and so much more. There is about one week before Star Wars Galaxy's Edge officially opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is a great time to go online and obtain our Star Wars Galaxy's Edge A Complete Guide. It's a unique interactive map detailing where everything is in the new land, plus details showcasing food food and beverage, shopping experiences, entertainment, uh, all about Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, the rise of the Resistance attraction coming, and insights, whether you're visiting Disneyland or Disney's Hollywood Studios. Over 100 photos, drawings, videos, unique uh, to this uh, Disney experience. The guide is available when you subscribe to our Disney at Play and Disney at Work uh, newsletter. When you do so, you'll be uh, subscribed to our drawing to win a free Rexdroid. That drawing will take place, well, next week on the day that Disney's Hollywood Studios opens. So be sure to subscribe between now and then. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, like us, share us with others. Uh, our Disney podcast are kind of unique in that we not only provide content to fans who really love Disney, but we also offer unique ideas for how you can apply it back to your workplace. Why not create a little Disney magic in your job? Let DisneyAtWork.com show you how. Um, if you like the content we're bringing to you, please subscribe. Like us and share with others on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Please subscribe also to our YouTube channel uh, where we have lots of videos about the Disney parks. Well, this concludes our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Whether it's work or play, remember, follow the compass of your heart.